Hey, thanks for checking out the Airborne Youth Podcast. This week you'll be hearing a teaching from Dylan Krause. Hebrews 11.1, what is it about? Hebrews 11.1, yes, Isaiah. Faith, right? This is what it says. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. Hebrews 11.1, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. Okay, so like a ton of us this weekend, it was like we got roided up on faith. It was like literally like God came in such a powerful way where he was showing us things that we've hoped for, right? We encountered the God who we've hoped for, the one that we've like waited to see. Unseen things, Xavier. Unseen things. It was evident in the room with us. It's evident here tonight. The presence of God is like this amazing thing that comes into a place and stirs up faith. It's like being injected with a steroid, right? And so there was so much faith that was stirred up in the room, and it was just so awesome. It's awesome because God is teaching us something. When God comes like that, he's teaching us that he is who he says he is. Isn't that awesome? Like, it, even though God is perfect, we live in an imperfect world. We live in imperfect families, imperfect friendships, imperfect uh, relationships of every other kind. We live in pr- imperfect school systems, imperfect political systems, all that stuff. And so it takes longer for our hearts to trust something that's perfect, even though it's perfect. Even though God is perfect, my experience says, I don't know. But God is not scared of you being afraid of him. God is not scared of you not knowing how to trust him. He says, it's okay, taste and see. He does not get worried about trying to prove himself to you. He says, just give me a little time. I'm going to be faithful over and over and over and over again. And I'm never, ever, 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 ever going to leave you. So even when you have like a relapse and you need another steroid shot, he's not even offended. He doesn't even get offended at you when you don't believe him. He just says, it's okay. I've got another for you and pours you another one pours you another glass of his goodness so that you can taste and see. And, and in Romans, it says that faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the word of God, right? Faith actually is a gift to us. It comes by hearing truth. It comes by receiving the word of God. And I'm not just saying the ones that you can, like, highlight in your Bible or put your, uh, like, marker in your Bible and say, oh, this is the word of God. I'm talking about specific words that the living God, right, because he's not just dead in a book, am I right? I'm not breathing enough to give you guys a chance to react, but you can just shout at me if you want, like, and it'll help you stay in track. Like, God is not dead. He's alive. Okay, so he's not only speaking here. He's speaking all the time. Kaylee, is God speaking all the time? Yes, I've heard stories about you. Maybe that you don't want me to share, but God is speaking to Kaylee like crazy, and it's awesome. Like waking you up in, at 3 in the morning and just talking to you. And you're like preaching the gospel to your ceiling because the Holy Spirit comes into a room and God is alive. No, she didn't like turn on her light and start reading the Bible. That would be great, too. And that is just as powerful. But God is a living, breathing being who wants to relate to you. And that's how faith gets awakened inside of you. Ah, this is so, so awesome. Okay, so what am I talking about? Do you guys remember the video that Chandi shared? 
uh, was like a, a video about the four minute mile, right? And how like for years, like he didn't share some of the backstory, but back in like ancient Rome and all this stuff where it was like such a culture of performance and like, you know, they did, they like killed people for fun, right? I mean, it was like, we have the NFL, they did it to the death. Like, there was no scoreboard or, like, time, overtime. It was just when you are dead, that's when the game is over, and everybody finished their beer and went home. Like, it was that, that was the entertainment, okay? It was, was, that was how crazy it was. So back then, they would try to inspire, okay? Imagine your coach today, like, how they inspire you, they encourage you. Abby, you know, your coach is probably like, you know, hey, if we win this championship or if we win this game, everybody's going to the Tasty Freeze because that's what's in Sealand's Grove, PA, not around here. But everybody's going to the Tasty Freeze after this game, and I'm buying. You know, like, that's inspiration. Back then, if you were one of those people that were lucky to be selected, to be able or seen as potentially capable to break that thing, they're going, Griffin, I think you can do it, man. Good luck. I'll give you a two-second head start, and then I'm sending a lion after you. That's, that's like, actually true. They would literally unleash lions on Griffin, and he would have to run his little butt off trying to save himself. Guess what? Nobody survived. <laughs> nobody, nobody broke it. Nobody broke it. It was crazy, okay? So, but what happened? Roger Bannister, if you guys don't remember, was the guy's name, was the first person ever to break through the four-minute mile. Um, and... He had faith. He had a substance of something that he hoped he could do, right? There was, there was a hope inside of Roger that said, this is possible. I know it's possible. And actually, the thing that he actually started doing, he started giving himself evidence of something that had never been seen before by doing something very, very simple. All he did was imagine himself breaking the four-minute mile imagining himself crossing the finish line 356, 357, 358. And he would do it over and over and over again until he established a thought, he established a belief inside of him that actually took the place of a separate belief that said it wasn't possible to do it. Remember what I said a couple weeks ago, that it actually takes an emotion to drive out an emotion. It takes a thought to drive out a thought. It takes a belief to drive out another belief. Sometimes you have to cultivate faith to drive out something else that you've put your faith in. So you've, you've believed for so long that you're not good enough. You've believed for so long that you're not worthy. You've believed for so long that God doesn't care about you. Well, guess what? He is talking to you. And he is cultivating a word of truth to you that says, I love you. I've never stopped loving you. I'll never not be loving you. You're perfect the way I made you. You are perfect. You are perfect. To establish a belief in you that can drive out the lie. It's called the love of God. It's called God. God is love. And God is speaking to you to establish a faith that can cause you to break through a barrier and change an entire mindset and belief system inside of you. Okay, this is exactly what happened, right? Um, Chandi said that incredibly, incredibly, he breaks through this, this barrier, right? And all of a sudden, what happens? He actually, he shatters, like that was the word he used so brilliantly. He shattered an understanding or a thought, a belief that said this is impossible. 
this is impossible. And he shattered that belief and said, opened up a whole door to a new, a new realm of understanding of what is possible, right? And so, um, this is what I want to say, 63 days later, right? All it took was 63 days and another person broke the barrier. After hundreds, maybe thousands of years, after lions chasing people and eating them up, after all kinds of quote-unquote inspiration that wasn't tasty freeze inspiration, it was like do-it-or-die inspiration, after all of that, one man cultivates a belief and he establishes something that was unseen. He established substance of hope and evidence of something unseen. He established faith and he broke it. He broke it, okay? So amazing. Now, today, 10 to 20 male runners just in America every single year break the four-minute mile. 10 to 20 male American runners from high school all the way up to the Olympic teams are breaking for the first time. These aren't people who do it like every Saturday. They go out, I'm going to go run my four-minute mile. Everything's cool, you know. No, it's people that are doing it for the first time, 10 to 20 people every single year. That's crazy. It's so, so awesome, okay? All right, so the question is, this weekend tonight— and in general, like the things that God, what has God, what is God breaking over your life? What walls is he tearing down? What finish lines is he pulling you across? What things have you, have you established as something in your mind that says, I don't know if I'm ever going to get free from this. I don't know if this is ever going to stop. What things have you struggled with? What things like have, have been taunting you or tormenting you? What is it? Is it fear? Is it insecurity? Is it doubt? Is it shame? What, what is it? Establish, cultivate, lean into the substance of things hoped for. Lean into the evidence of things unseen. Lean into God. Lean into faith. This is how we do it. Hebrews chapter 12. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded... By so great a cloud of witnesses, this is one, a verse that trying to use, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. What is the race? The race is a race of faith, okay? And so thankfully, so thankfully, this race of faith, some of you guys, like my wife Katie, are like the most anti-competitive person ever unless it comes to like a speed card game where when she kicks the crap out of me every single time. It's like, you want to play Skippo? No. No, I do not. Dutch Blitz, get out of my face. No way. Not happening. I can't process that fast. I just want to like light it all on fire. Give me those cards. Get a blowtorch out. She kills me at those games. But for, for some of you guys here sitting here going, there's a race of faith. Some of you are like stirred, like Xavier's like, all right, bring it on. Let's do it. You know, some of you guys are like leaning into it. Like, come on, you have that competitive nature. Some of you are like, are, we've got to do a race. Are you sure? This is stupid. I hate races. So dumb. You know, good news. Ephesians 2, 8. 
For by grace you have been saved through faith, and not that of yourselves. It is the gift. Say the gift. Say the gift. Come on, that's what I'm talking about. The gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. It's not about you anyway. It's not about you anyway. So that means if you're super competitive and think you're going you're gonna to really nail it and then you end up failing, you beat the crap out of yourself about it. You know, like you competitive people know what I'm talking about. Like Seth, I, know, I noticed this even on the retreat. Like you'd miss a soccer ball and you'd be like ready to tear the whole gym down. I'm just going to destroy the entire gym. Every brick is going down right now. <laughs> I am so like that. And to the opposite end of the spectrum, you're like, I don't even want to race. This is stupid. I don't even care about this. Guess what? It's not about us anyway. This is a gift. And guess what? Like, a race is just a picture for it, but, but let's look at what this faith, what this race of faith really is heading towards. God said that um, without faith, it's impossible to please him. Why do you think that is? Without faith, it's impossible to please him. So you go, crap, now I need to do this race of faith thing. No, without faith, it's impossible to please him. But guess what? He gave you a gift of faith that's not even about you, right? Why do you think he would say, it's impossible without faith to please me, and it's also a free gift to you? I'm going to tell you why. (laughs) Because in Ephesians 3, it says that um, this is how we have access to God. We have access. It's in him. We have access with boldness and confidence through faith. Okay. God is who he says he is, right? Without faith, it's impossible to please him. It's easy for your minds. It's easy for my mind. We're a performance-based culture to at least some extent. You know, it varies from family to family, school to school, talent to talent, all that stuff. And you go, okay. You're saying it's a gift. You're saying it's the only way that I can please him is to have faith. And at the same time, it's the thing that gives me access to him. So I guess I'm just going to try to really make myself believe that God is good and I'll be okay. Catch, Catch this. By faith, we have access with boldness and confidence. Why do you think it's the only thing that we can do to please God. Because all he cares about is that you would be close to him. Because all that he cares about is that you would have access to him. Because all that he cares about is relationship with you as his son and daughter. So he said, this is what's going to please me. This is how they're going to get close to me. That by faith, you'll actually have access. If you believe that Jesus is the son of God, that he laid his life down for your sins, I will make you righteous so that you can come close to me. So he took care of it from beginning to end, and all we have to do, like any other gift, is open the package and say thank you very much. Thank you very much. And all of a sudden, you've walked into an entire life of pleasing God because you believe in the Son that he sent. This is, what, this is my will for you, John chapter 6, verse 30-something, that you would believe in the one whom I sent. This is the will of God for you, that you would believe in the one whom I sent. How could it be this easy? 
How could it be this easy that he requires of us faith? Ah, oh no. Then he gives it to us gift-wrapped just so that we can be close to him. So crazy, guys. It's so crazy. The tail end of this verse in Romans 12, or in Hebrews 12, it says that we would run the race with endurance, laying aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and that we would be looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Say this with me. The author, it's the beginner, right? It's the same thing. The author and the finisher of our faith. This is how we finish strong. You didn't have to repeat that. That was awesome, though. (laughs) This whole theme, finish strong, right? Guys, he has done it. Looking unto Jesus, he is how we finish strong. We stay in relationship with God, believing who he's made us to be. That's like the whole thing that we just, like, launched from into this whole new month was knowing who we are in him. If we can capture this, if we can open this package every single day and say, I'm loved by God. If we can open this package every single day of faith, believing what he says about you every single day, you're going to have access with boldness and confidence to the living God. And you're going to please him every single day. And you've already won. This is how you finish strong. Come on, stand up. Oh, yeah. Come on. Well, hey, we want to pray. We want to pray for more, right? Why wouldn't we ask for more? He said he's give us more exceedingly, abundantly, more than we could ask, think, or imagine. It's nuts. So, like, um, Griffin, I want you to come up. Yeah, come on, calling you out. There's like a. And uh, Mallory, where are you at? Did she leave? Jillian, come up. Yes. <laughs> and and then I want um, someone else that had like a gnarly testimony on the retreat. Co- or, or a couple more people. Yes, yes, Chloe, come on. Awesome. All right. And we're going to pray. We're going to release the testimony. These, these are specific testimonies, but let, the, let God stir faith, right? Because faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. These are testimonies, which means things that God can do again. So whether you were at the retreat or not, we're going we're gonna to release some testimonies. And then we're going to have these guys pray. We're going to have our staff pray. And we're just going to expect God to do more than he's already done. So, Griffin, what happened with you? So this I don't know if this was really at the retreat, but it's been it's been good ever since. But um, I was Dallas prayed for me a couple of times and just I kept thinking about it, kept praying on it, kept just every, every time I came here it was all in my mind. And I had a pulled hamstring for probably like an, an awkward amount of time, probably more than needed to be heard for. Honest, like it was terrible. It was probably like a month and a half, maybe two months. And after I prayed for it, just uh, Dallas pointed out just being persistent with prayer and it, it's completely gone. And so I've been working out on it. And so, yeah. So good. All right. So Griffin, yeah. 
And all you have to do, like, if you have some, like, physical healing thing, especially if you're a dude, yeah, if you're a dude, come to Griffin, because if you're a girl, you can get prayed for by Jillian. And he'll just, all you have to do is simply lay hands on, do it again, God. Um, okay, um, so Friday night um, on the retreat, my ankles um, hurt really bad because of dancing and everything. They just, I couldn't jump or anything, and they just, it just hurt really bad. So um, Saturday night came along, and um, I really wanted to keep jumping and dancing and doing my thing. So, uh, um <laughs> so um, I was like, "Hey, Mal, like, come over here, pray for me, please." And uh, she was like, "Okay." So she came over to me, and she knew, looked down at my ankle, and I was like, uh, "Ankles," and I was like, "Yeah, can you pray for my ankles? Like, I can't jump, and I want to jump." So she went down and touched my ankles. And right away, one ankle was fine. And then I was like, all right, like, this is this is good. Can you pray for the other one? And she prayed for the other one, and that one was perfectly healed, too. So then she was like, wait a second. My ankles are fine now. They were hurting, but I feel great now. And we both started jumping up, and it was cool. <laughs> so good. I got caught. Mallory got caught in a swirl, and she got healed. So good. Chloe, what happened with you? I've had ankle pain and hip pain since I was very little. I've kind of had crooked feet that tilt in. And on Saturday night, I <laughs> had prayer from a couple of my friends and a leader, and I was completely pain-free. No ankle pain, no hip pain, nothing. It was so crazy. So awesome. Okay. So, so good. This podcast was recorded live at a Wednesday night youth meeting. To find out more, check us out on Facebook and Instagram by searching Airborne Youth.